This is Jack Scallions. Join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours. I wish to take a few moments today concerning the subject of debt. Funny how some things stick in your mind from your childhood. I recall as a small lad riding in an old farm truck several miles back into the country to a little clapboard house. I remember several of the children in that dirt front yard that night as riders of the school bus had carried us to the four-room schoolhouse in Haywood County. I knew that Daddy had worked hard all that day, and yet he came to that house that night to give the man there some money from his old leather wallet. I remember he said to me that Mr. Nelson had done some work for him, and he was paying him what he owed him. I recall to that generation debt was almost non-existent. I once heard an old preacher say that to owe a debt for a day and not pay it that day makes a man a thief for a day. Spurgeon's exhortation was to keep debt and dirt and the devil out of your house. In his classic John Plowman book, he wrote, Scripture says, owe no man anything, which does not mean pay your debts, but never have any to pay. He mused the plowman's motto is pay as you go and keep from small scores. Short reckonings are soon cleared. Pay what you owe and what you're worth you'll know. His advice to young people beginning life, always live a little below your means and never get into debt. And remember, he who goes a-borrowing goes a-sorrowing. How far we have come. Debt is a relatively new concept. In 1950, Jim McNamara opened a charge card, called it the Diners Club. In 1958, the Bank of America sent out 60,000 mailer and called it the Bank of America card. Eighteen years later, 1976, the name was changed to Visa. In 1970, only 15% of Americans had a credit card. Now, banks market debt as a commodity. Debt is dangerous. The first few years of marriage, young couples try to have what their parents took decades to acquire. We know that now over 50% of all marriages end in divorce, and 90% say finances played a major role. Once debt was so disgrading that if a man owed so much as a dollar, he would not rest until he had paid it in full. The ease of debt is a plague that has cost many their self-esteem and chipped away at their character. Our pockets are loaded with credit cards, and many individuals buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't even like. A man in debt cannot even respect himself. I've been on both sides of that fence. When I became pastor of the Fairview Baptist Church of Athens, Tennessee, September 2, 1973, church owed a bank note of just shy of $70,000. In my youthful exuberance, outright ignorance, and impatience, in my second year's pastor, I determined to enlarge our facilities. I walked into L.A. Rosebear's office at First National Bank and walked out with $100,000 on my signature with the church property tied up as collateral. Then Jimmy Carter was elected president Interest rates went to double digits, and I found firsthand the Bible truth that the borrower is servant to the lender. My foolishness had placed the Lord's church into servitude to a secular loan establishment. 
Later, I apologized to our church, had it recorded into the minutes that our church would never borrow money again. We dug out of the hole I had created over the next 15 years and burned every note. I learned some great life lessons from those years, some in financial management, of course, but the greatest was this. The journey is more important than the destination. Financial entanglements in scripture are scripturally discouraged, I recall, paying a loan I had co-signed for. Oh, if I had simply heeded the warning against the practice from the wise man Solomon in Proverbs chapter 6. Loaning money to a friend always changes the relationship. The days that we were in seminary were lean days. A dear friend needed $200 to pay his rent. He came to me about the matter. I scraped the money together and shared with him I had to have it back in two weeks to pay my rent. The date came and went, and my friend quit coming by and didn't answer my calls. I realized he couldn't pay, and he was ashamed of the matter. I contacted him one day and told him, My wife and I have decided to give your family that $200. I got my friend back. It only cost me $200. Jesus, the master teacher, spoke about money, roughly 15% of his preaching, with 11 of his 39 parables devoted to that topic. Though the Bible doesn't prohibit borrowing, it is filled with principles that, if properly followed, will in most every case make borrowing unnecessary. I read that there are 2,300 Bible verses related to money and wealth and possessions. Those wiser than me caution about debt, particularly for depreciating items. As a pastor and counselor, one of my first questions to those who come to me with any problem is this. Is God the Lord of your finances? In almost every instance, the answer is no. I know some listening are going to say that these are the ramblings of an old preacher, and I suppose it would be impossible to claim otherwise, yet... There's more than a morsel of Bible truth in my words. Who could ever deny the importance of living debt-free and placing God in the center of your finances? I am certainly not waging war on credit cards today, but admit anyone would be better off without one if he is unable to pay the total balance at the close of every month. A good recipe for individuals and churches alike is to give 10% and save 10% and prayerfully spend the remaining 80% in God's will. The Bible describes those who walk this celestial ball as stewards. Simply put, we own nothing, but are managers of possessions and circumstances God has seen fit to place in our hands for a time. We will all give an account of these. With that in mind, remember Paul's admonition to the Corinthian believers. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. This is Jack Scallions. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity today to share just a few moments from my heart to yours. <music>